Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. KMOX is at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Now, here's your host, Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, welcome, welcome, and thanks for stopping by. We'll be taking the good gardening stroll shortly. 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. Mr. Kelly, we don't have time for you today. You don't? No. Oh, you only have an hour. Yeah. Oh, man. They've Sk- truncated you know me. Skip the vowels yeah. and the words go right a lot the faster. The garden hotline is dying. Yes. No, it's not. It's getting pruned. It's getting pruned today, but like everything that you prune correctly, it grows back even more beautiful Who says it's correctly, ever. though? Well, I trust you. <laughs> Please leave me alone. <laughs> You're taking up seconds. I'm going to make like a tree and leave. (laughs) Or like a leaf being blown down the street. Yeah, there you go. More like it. (laughs) Yes, folks, on Saturday morning, we get together and we can discuss. i got to cut this short. This is your show, and I appreciate you being here, inviting me over to your home and car, wherever you happen to be listening. Uh, Greg Harvey is producing today, though. That's important. I've been hosting the Garden Hotline since 1994. And uh, during the week, I do landscape consulting. If you'd like for me to come to your home, go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com, the homepage, home number. That's my phone number and email. And uh, Good Gardening Stroll brought to you by St. Louis Composting. Steps off right now. Where can you go to see Phalaenopsis orchids, Pencil Cactus, Sansevieria? Where can you see... Wow, dracaenas are probably like maybe eight feet tall, maybe a little bit taller than that. And then outside you can see boxwood, topiaries pruned into spirals. You can see junipers upright and spreading type as well. You can see gold thread branch cypress also. And where is this? Well, this is downtown. This is at the Hyatt at the Arch. The side of the Cardinals warm up. Wow, we it is. I went down there and there. I was down there not too much past six o'clock. There was people already in line. <laughs> it was kind of unbelievable. A father and his son sat on the floor and they were throwing, rolling a car back and forth in between each other. It was great. <laughs> they were having some great fun doing that. But as I was there, uh, there was more and more people sh- coming and showing up and getting in line. So the winter warm-up, that's what is truncating the garden hotline today. So at 9 o'clock, there will be Cardinals warm-up. So that should be great fun, though. And let's see, who's hosting that first hour? Uh, Alex Ferrario. So that is great. And uh, while I was wandering around down there at the Hyatt, there's all kinds of other things going on as well. There's When you come in the door... You got to go around kind of the door, and then that's where the ticket lines are. And one thing I didn't under, quite understand where it was related to the tickets was ticket resolution. So I'm not sure what that is.
But if you want more information about what's going on down at the Cardinal Winter Warm-Up, you can text CARDS to 82810, and you will receive the latest winter warm-up and news and event information. So there's as you come into, there's going to be a couple maps. You can check out. There's actually events going on in the second floor and the fourth floor both. So I think it was the fourth floor had the autograph lines. But there's vendors. There's all kinds of other things that you can see on the map as well. So, And uh, one thing is there is a, a sign on the on – the, actually, one of the signs that's there – it says, uh, you know, welcome and thank you. And this really winter warm-up certainly is to the advantage of the Cardinal fans, but it benefits Cardinal care, and they certainly appreciate you. They thank you for your donation to the Cardinal care, you know, organization. So all kinds of stuff going on down there. So if you're headed in that direction, just be sure to be ready when you step out of your car. Now, maybe you're going to park in the garage and you won't feel the wind, but the wind in between the buildings, I didn't park in the garage, is getting brutal. So it's not really all that cold, but the wind is tough. So there's separate tickets for the autograph, and there's separate tickets for all kinds of other things. There's pickup booths and lines and everything else. And probably by now, I'd have to think the line is pretty long. As When I was leaving, there was about... Oh, maybe a dozen people in line. So all kinds of stuff going on down there. So just be careful. It's not slippery yet, but it may get slippery. So remember, check out and see if you can find the Sansevieria, the Phalaenopsis, the Pencil Cactus, and the Dracaenas. Those are going to be the house plants that are inside in the lobby of the Hyatt at the Arch. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Once again, here's Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, if you have any questions, concerns, or comments related to remember, it's all gone now almost, but that snow that we had last week, that was a heck of a lot of snow. And did it do anything good? Did it do anything bad to your trees, your landscape, and everything else? I'll tell you about my mugo pines, my boxwood, and my uh, Leland cypress. Those were their evergreens, broadleaf evergreens and conifers. And guess what? That snow was piled up so high on them. And I always warn people, don't go out and knock the snow off or anything like that because you could do more damage. I did go out, I have to admit, because I wanted to play around a little bit and shook some of the branches on my mugo pine. And finally, when you know the snow started melting and everything started, the snow started falling off, the branches still looked a little bit sad. So I thought, uh-oh, what's happening here? But slowly but surely, they pulled themselves up. The boxwoods were probably bent over more than anything, though the you know, mugo pine was kind of bent. The, the, the Leland cypress is kind of tall. It's not thin necessarily. Its branches you know, were like weeping trees, but uh, it wasn't really you know, looking as scary as the boxwood or the mugo pine. And finally, when everything kind of the snow started melting and the branches were able to kind of free themselves, there was really, you know, nothing too, you know, nothing too traumatic. There was a couple little twigs that may have been broken off, but not very much at all. And also, since there is not going to be a second hour of the garden hotline today, let me tell you about, yes, there is a Cardinals winter warm up. 
And the logo is kind of cool. They've got a cardinal with a like kind of a winter hat on, and they have him batting, you know, like the cardinal bird, and uh, with snowflakes all over. So when you go, if you go down to the winter warm up, when you step into the Hyatt at the Arch, look at the floor, and you're going to see this great projection down onto the floor. That's kind of cool. But also, once you've finished that warm up, how about a warm up at the Butterfly House? Yes. Going on all, off and on the entire winter time. The Butterfly House is in Faust Park and the warm up in the Tropical Conservatory. It's been so depressing for me because I'm solar powered and consequently, I don't know how long it's been since there's been any sun. So my energy level is really going down. That's one of the reasons why they've truncated the show, you know, cut off one hour is because I can barely do anything. But the conservatory is kept at a toasty 85 degrees every day. And there is all kinds of butterflies in there. Tropical theme, kid-friendly events, music, crafts, live animal encounters. You can it's just unbelievable. And what a nice trick to do is to you know go online and check out its let's see, the Sophia Sachs Butterfly House, M Sachs. And it's again in Fallis Park in Chesterfield. See what the major uh, butterflies are right at that time because sometimes they change. And then what you can do is wear clothes that are really attractive to that particular type of butterfly. And then you'll have butterflies landing all over you. It's really kind of a cool thing. So they're going to have the hot, 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 and that's going to be January 26th and 27th. And it includes butterfly house admission. There's going to be activities all, you know, both days. And uh, just unbelievable. There's, you can dance at some groovy scenes. There's going to be some live steel drums from one to three. You can coax a hermit crab out of his shell at the hermit crab encounter. What's that got to do with butterflies? Well, it doesn't. It just shows you kind of all the different stuff they do. And then Morpho Mardi Gras from, March, or from February 1st to March 31st. And that's going to be from Tuesdays through Sundays. And that's going to be at the Butterfly House as well. So Mardi Gras is coming up, and why not go to the Butterfly House? Get yourself all warmed up, stepping into the tropics. Butterflies all over the place. The colors are absolutely fantastic. They're absolutely unbelievable. So be sure and check that out. So that, since I couldn't give the tip of the trowel next hour, again, it's the warm-up at the Butterfly House this winter. Where else can you step into when it's 85 degrees and you'll be surrounded by butterflies and plants all over the place? Plus all kinds of other things that they add to the excitement factor. Uh, other things that are going on. Well, when I was shoveling the snow, my our patio, I had to shovel the patio so I could get our garages detached from our house. And so I had to go through the backyard to get to the, you know, get to the garage because our cars were parked, blah, blah, blah. doesn't matter. But I, I, unbelievable. At the edge of our patio, there was actually some chickweed, vibrantly green, that was just running along the edge of the entire patio. So it didn't care that it was buried under 10 inches of snow or anything else. It looked fine. And I'm starting to, you know, see more. And I do, you know, do weed control and everything else. But there is still always going to be some kind of weed circumstances that cause some different kinds of problems. So just realize that that's the case and start watching out for these cool season weeds and get them under control. 
It's the, the annual bluegrasses and all kinds of other weeds as well, the henbits. But it's they're all over the place. And they're real, they're kind of small right now, but because the weather is cool and the ground is cool, so that does make their growth rate a little bit less than normal. But when things start warming up before they get too warm, these things are going to just explode with foliage, with stems and flowers. The flowers are going to be producing seed, and then the seeds are going to be dropped, and that's how these you know plants perpetuate themselves. So I was just a little bit surprised because I usually watch certain areas pretty closely, and just so I can monitor them, put some herbicide down, see if I can get things under control or how well they're controlled by different types of herbicides. So if somebody calls in, then consequently I can say, well, this has been my experience with this. This is what you know I've had luck with. This hasn't been so lucky for me. That doesn't mean it won't work for you or anyone else. So if you do have any questions or concerns, give us a call at 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. The snow was kind of really good. Because the ground wasn't necessarily warm or dry, dehydrated, but this really helps to hydrate it. And if we do get that cold that they're talking about tomorrow, which I'm sure we will, the damage to the plant material is going to be much less because the ground is going to be really quite wet. Plus the rain of today, the snow of the other day, it is just, uh, I mean, this is a real plus. It's when you get these kind of really harsh colds that we're going to experience tomorrow and we haven't had any moisture coming down prior to that, that's when the damage can really be done. Because what happens is this cold air will sink down into the soil, and the root systems are not being insulated by the moisture, be it you know, melting snow or be it rainfall or anything else, and then that's where the trouble really is. Another thing this time of year is when I shoveled the sidewalk, the slate-sided juncos... They, they came flocking in. It was kind of amazing. We've got, all, you know, we've got some maple trees around our house, and they drop the seeds. And also the birds have to have some gravel because as they eat seed, the gravel is in their stomach and helps more or less grind up the seeds that they're eating. But we probably had 16 to 18 to maybe 20 sometimes juncos all over the place, in the mugo pine, in the boxwood, up on the trees, up on the, you know, they didn't go up on the roof too much. And then all of a sudden in our window, kitchen window, that's the window that I have the herbs growing in a window box, uh, a female cardinal comes flying up. And she just kind of sits around in the herbs where we've got rosemary, where we've got thyme, and some variegated sages. And the cardinal was really, (laughs) like, looking all over the place and saying, Wow, this is a little bit warmer close to the window. Maybe I'll come back. So let's go right now up to Hazelwood and go into Pat's yard. Hi, Pat. How are you? Well, I'm waiting for all that darn snow to come and go. (laughs) 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 Um, How are you this morning? I thank you for my call. (laughs) Sure. I have a, a weird thing going on here with my plumeria. It, uh, I brought it in early, and it blossomed until Christmas, and now the vine that the uh, flowers were blooming on, mm-hmm. at the end of that, it now has something growing from the vine, but it 
goes to the left and to the right, and if I go from point to point um, on this, it's so hard to explain. It, it's uh, 12 inches total, but it's it's attached in the middle. It's green. Uh, it's about a half inch thick, and it looks like those... Um, uh, see, lady cigars, like they used to call them, I think. Mm-hmm. But it's a nice shiny green color, and they're starting to turn uh, kind of a ru- rusty color. Right. What is that thing? Is that going to explode and have some <laughs> uh, thousand little bugs come out or something? <laughs> no, this is seeds. Oh, really? So a seed formation. Oh, so you don't have a thing to worry about at all. So, I mean, if it was insects, I would be certainly worried because it would have to be some kind of insects from outer space or something. But yeah, this is, because, a, you know, the actual the seed, you know, basically seed pods that are, you know, forming right now. Oh, well, all, all the uh, years that I've had the plumerias, I've never seen anything like this. It's kind of amazing. I have to look at it three or four times a day. <laughs> <laughs> But it just goes to show you, I mean, the patience and, you know, enjoying the plant material and everything else. And, some, you know, sometimes with plants, it's maturity, it's age and other factors. And who knows exactly what triggered the actual seed formation. I'm assuming they flowered in the past, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, normally. But why this year everything was just right for, you know, the, the flowers to actually be pollinated and then actually for the seeds to be formed, that's what you're really looking at. So what should I do with it? Uh, just leave it alone. I don't know if you're going to be able or capable of, you know, once the seeds are mature, just leave them until they turn totally brown, until they feel really, really dry if you want. Then you could take, a, you know, take one of the pods off, split it open, and look at the seeds and decide, do you want to fool around with trying to, let's say, get some potting mix for starting seeds and try to get some more plumerias from the seeds, or you just kind of want to just enjoy the seed pods for what they are and not do much more with them. Yeah, it looks it looks like a, a two-blade helicopter. <laughs> 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 so uh, do you think the seeds would uh, germinate then? Uh, to be honest with you, I don't think so, but they may. You know, it's just with seed germination, if you're really serious about it, you have to get heating mats. You have to put your flats or trays or pots or whatever on the heating mat, which are plugged in to get the heat. Oh, no, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Then it's grow lights. It's all kinds of other things involved. Yeah. So just okay. to take them and put them in a window, you know, in a pot of potting mix for starting seed, mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to have much luck. Okay. Well, it's something that uh, that I've got to uh, just look at it every day. Right. Sounds perfect. <laughs> take some pictures. Okay. Put your face right next to him and take a selfie. Oh, I did take a picture of it because I thought, well, maybe uh, you didn't know what it was, and then I just have to send you the picture. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. We'll enjoy. Okay. Thank you so much. Certainly. Have a, have a great day. You do the same. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with your host, Mike Miller, on KMOX. You're probably not going to get out in your yard necessarily today or the next couple of days and work, but 
when you want to get out there and you want to improve your soil and you want to help your soil, and because the soil is the most crucial thing on successful plant material, do something called deep root feeding. And again, that's uh, where you auger holes with an electric drill and a drill bit, and uh, you backfill these holes with compost. And what that does is add nutrients to your soil, and your soil is really responsible for having those nutrients. So the root systems of any kind of plant, whether it's lawn, whether it's a vine, whether it's a tree, whether it's a shrub, it doesn't matter what, can actually use those nutrients. So it it more or less translates them. So if you just put nutrients down, let's say fertilizer, and unless you have a hydroponic system, which they use, you know, a completely different type fertilizing system, that's, you know, a separate circumstance from, let's say, the real world of plant material that most of us know, then this is really what works. So the nutrients are there, the root system, the feeder roots say, okay, great, that's great. So we'll uptake these nutrients and moisture, then we'll send them up to the tree, you know, whether it's an evergreen or whether it's a deciduous tree. And then when the sun's out and the plants are foliaged, then they're going to actually make chlorophyll, make food for the plant's overall health. So let's head over to Belleville now, and let's go into Barbara's yard. Hi, Barbara. Hi there. Hi. I got a quick question on uh, doing the seeds and growing things from scratch. Mm -hmm. Got the hot pad, just like you described. Got the grow light and everything like that. But the potting soil, uh, can you use... Just the regular potting soil mix, miracle Grow, or what would you recommend? You can, but a seed starter-type potting mix is going to be a little bit better right. for starting the seed. So, and, you know, it's, it's not crucial. You could probably do it very well with just a regular miracle Grow, but it's got to be probably with the seed starter-type stuff and make sure that it hasn't been used previously because any kind of little thing at all, let's say some kind of fungus that wouldn't even let's say, or bacteria or virus or something that would have no impact on anything other than a newly germinated seed because those things are so, so fragile. That's why it's really necessary to have at least brand new you know, potting mix by miracle Grow or brand new potting mix for starting plants. And other than that, you could try it. You could try maybe getting some of each and then see what you think of as far as actually the difference in the germination rate and the overall health of the plant material. But there isn't anything uh, actually physically in the potting soil strictly for seeds that's different as far as the texture, the ingredients, or whatever you call it. Well, actually, with, for the starting the seeds, it's going to be a little bit more fine. It's not going to be, you know, the, the, you know, and you think, well, how could it be more fine than, let's say, just miracle Grow potting mix? Because that's pretty fine stuff. But this is, you know, it just nestles, you know, the, the seeds a little bit better. That's what kind of the advantage is. So texture-wise and, and physically, the individual pieces are just different. Okay. Okay. And then normally they say as far as you can start them uh, six to eight weeks before the frost. Yeah, inside, right. Inside. And then it's better to transplant them into a bigger pot before you actually put them in the ground, or from there, can they go directly into the ground? It depends upon what type of seed, but to take things from, let's say, 
growing in a potting mix for starting seeds or just a potting mix in general and putting them directly into the ground outside, that transition is extremely difficult. So if you use a starting mix, potting star, seed starting potting mix, then the pot that you may transplant them up to would be just a regular, let's say, miracle Grow potting mix. And then you would go from that to the outside. But it is... If you haven't grown seeds, you know, for, you know, yourself, it is not an easy process, even with the, you know, the heat mats and grow lights and everything else, because it is, you know, it's really, it's tough. There's no getting around it. Mm-hmm. Now, is it different for, like, you've got some seeds almost the size of pepper, and I've got other seeds that are like wisteria that are about the size of a grape. Right. Is the size of the seed variation in how long it takes to germinate? Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that all that much about the germination rate, no. Okay. But the overall health and sort of, let's say, initially it's not going to make any difference really at all. Okay. But some seeds are going to germinate quicker than others, depending upon the individual plant type as opposed to the size of the seed. Okay. It's got nothing to do with the size of the seed then. Okay. Right. That's what I wanted to know. Right. I pre- appreciate your show and all the information. Well, great. Well, thank you, and thanks for having me on your show, as you know. So other things that you need to be thinking about is uh, dangerous liquid. As our temperatures are going down, the unfrozen you know, water is a lot of tiny molecules that are always constantly in motion. And as the temperatures drop and get below freezing, what happens is these molecules stop moving so much, and consequently bond together. And that's what forms ice. And the colder it gets, the quicker it gets, this bonding is just that much faster. And that's what they're talking about with this rain and everything that we're having. You know, even if it's not hard rain or anything else, the flags that are right on the north side of the Soldier's Memorial, they're so wet right now that they're stuck to the... stuck to the flagpoles, except for there's a little bit of them flapping somewhat. So that shows you the moisture content doesn't necessarily have to be rain. Consequently, it can be just more or less a fog mist. And when we've got, you know, so much, the humidity, my guess is I don't know for sure, is probably in the 80-plus percentile. And you can't get much more than that. And that's when things start to get really scary. And, uh, I mean, if you start seeing or feeling you've got some slick spots, you know, you got you can use don't use necessarily the sodium chloride, which is a cheap rock salt. Use some of the other de-icers, which are not going to be as problematic for your hardscape, for your sidewalk, your driveway, your asphalt, or whatever it happens to be, and certainly not for your you know for your plants. So just keep that in mind when you go to buy. Get a de-icer that's you know formulated. That's just not rock salt. Yes, rock salt is by far the cheapest. And for a long, long time, that's what everybody used because the research wasn't done on what damage it was actually doing to various surfaces and to certainly anything along those surfaces where the rock salt was applied. So also in the outdoors now, you can expect the squirrels are all over the place because they're getting a little bit desperate for food, even though winter's not even that you know it's only been a couple of weeks of winter for the most part and you're going to start to see probably some uh you know other activities from animal wise 
You're going to see some mice. I saw some mice running. I don't know where, where I was. Actually, I forget where I was walking. But I was just surprised. It kind of caught me that they were running. And, uh, you know, they were on the ground, obviously, and something. But uh, I don't know where they were running to or where they were running from. But this was right as the snow had just melted, and they actually had a pathway. I guess they probably had some place where they knew where there were some seeds that they could take back to their, you know, to their den, more or less, to to save or to eat or whatever it happens to be. And your lawn this time of year, it was so wet that I was just, you know, our front yard is not super steep as far as the slope goes, but it's pretty steep. It's not really long. But twice when I was taking down some things, finally I took down our holiday decorations. Tracy really likes the lighting in the outdoors. You know, we've got uh, projections and things like that. So I said, January 15th, they're coming down from the outside. She still has some in the inside, which is really kind of a relief as far as aesthetically to us because it's so, let's say, boringly gray for quite a, you know, quite a while and so consequently, when I was taking these things down, I'm usually pretty careful walking, but I mean, it was really super slippery. Just in those areas where you might slide on your lawn, that just wipes out the grass in that location. So that's going to be you know, something to be really careful about. Also, as you walk along, make sure you don't necessarily walk the same path over and over and over again because you're going to compact the soil and that soil compaction is going to cause problems for your lawn just overall in general. So just be careful of, you know, these little things. And these little subtle things can make a big difference on potentially damaging or potential areas that are damaged. And then consequently, the effort to get them back reestablished could be quite extensive. So if you do have any questions or concerns, give us a call at 314 314- Four three six seven nine hundred or one eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. The Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up is happening this weekend at the Hyatt Regency of the Arch, St. Louis. Staying up to date with everything winter warm-up as KMOX is there right through Monday. Hear from current and former Cardinal players, get insights into the upcoming season, and all the fun of the Cardinals Care Winter Warm-Up. Admission passes and player autograph tickets on sale now at cardinals.com slash winter warm-up. The Winter Warm-Up with KMOX, proudly supported by Overhead Door Company of St. Louis, and your home for the best Cardinals coverage, KMOX. Welcome back to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline. Once again, here's Mike Miller on KMOX. Yes, folks, we've got about 10 minutes of the show, and then at 10 o'clock, no, at 9 o'clock, the Winter Warm-Up with Alex Ferrario. Then at 11 o'clock, Winter Warm-Up with Chris Raby. 1 o'clock will be the Rick Edelman Show. 3 o'clock will be the Business of Family Business with Ryan Recker. 4 o'clock, Health Matters presented by SSM Health with Fred Bottomer and 5 o'clock, the Dave Sinclair Lincoln and Ford Sports Open Line with Alex Ferrario. So all kinds of wild and different stuff coming up today. Anita lives in Swansea. Hi, Anita. Mike? Yes. Oh, hi. Uh, last summer, last spring, I planted a uh, weeping cherry in my front yard. Mm-hmm. Well, I was, I don't know what happened to me. I just got crazy, but I started cutting off the branches that were dead, and I cut back some of the... Uh, anyway, I think I cut it back too hard, and um, it's a new you know, a new tree. It's I don't know how tall it is. I guess it's about eight feet tall. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
Is it going to come back from cutting it back so hard? When did you do the pruning? Um, well, I, whenever you told me to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what day, what that date was. I start. It, it was after uh, things were dying down and everything. Okay. I mean, I don't really remember that when it was. I think it was the proper time. I, it wasn't in summer or anything. Okay, good. So, in other words, it had leaves and everything else because the leaves are so crucial for a plant, especially a newly installed plant, to get established. Because those leaves, like I was talking about, that's what makes the leaves make the food. The nutrients and moisture come up from the root system, and it goes up to the leaves. Then the leaves use sunlight to make food, and that helps establish root systems, helps establish the plant and everything else. Now, when you say you cut it back severely, have you cut it back you know, so there's no branching hanging down at all? Oh, no, there's branches hanging out, but I think I did cut the leaves off. Well, that's okay. If it was the end of the season, that's not all that much problem. But I would leave the leaves in the future for the next couple of years. You know, let them fall off on their own. And that that okay. way, again, they can still keep making food, even though you think the grow, growth rate and everything else is going to, you know, has stopped because of, you know, it's the sea, you know, the days are getting shorter, whatever it happens to be. Let the leaves be maintained on the plant as long as possible. And that's going to help okay. your plan establish. All right. May I ask another quick question? Sure. Um, I had my uh, yard aerated this past year and had a grass seed planted. And I spread compost over it, of course, like you always say. Right. But in some spots, I think I might have gotten too much and I uh, didn't really even realize it. And um, I don't know how much more. But anyway, the grass seed uh, doesn't didn't seem to come up in uh, that area. Uh, did I do wrong? Probably did not. I mean, difference? 100% germination with grass seed, the way our weather is, the way our soils are and everything else is going to be really iffy at best. Probably, I would say to me, if you get 75% of your areas, you know, produce, you know, with germinating seed that actually survives, you've done a great job. There's always going to be certain spots that have nothing to do with how much compost. Now, if the compost was really deep, you could cause problems for, you know, the seed germination. But if it was, you know, relatively, let's say, an inch or less, that shouldn't be well, all it that was, it was. Yeah, it was. It just looks heavier than some of the spots. But most of the yard, it did the grass did come up. I right. mean, it looks really pretty right now, in fact. So, I mean, you, that could be a low spot. There could be all, uh, you know, lots of different kinds of, pro, you know, let's say circumstances, physical, that created this situation where the grass seed in that location did not germinate, or if it did germinate, it wasn't able to survive. So I'm okay. sure you've done everything exactly as you should. Well, I do what you tell me to do. Now, whether or not, it, I, whether, whether or not it's done the right way, I don't know, but I always listen to you. So, Well, great. Well, thanks for having me on your show. Well, thank you for your service. I love your show. Well, thank okay. you. Thank you very much, Mike. Yeah, and, you know, newly German. Now, when did you do this? In the fall? Was that correct? Yeah, in okay. the fall. It was at the end of... Um, September, probably going into October. So the timing was uh, perfect. They came out to do the um, uh, aerating. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did. I, I planned it then. I mean, the grass came up right away. I mean, pretty. I don't know, a week or week, ten days, two weeks, whatever it was. And it was it really looks nice. <laughs> 
because I dug up all my um, Bermuda grass, which is a pain in the hiney, in my front yard. Right. And uh, that's why I did all that, and I did the rest of the yard. Um, you know, I put grass seed down in the compost and stuff. Sure. And, uh, I mean, it, it came up. I mean, it, in fact, I could say it looks it's green right now, now that the snow has melted off. Right. So you've done, you did everything exactly as you should. So, I mean, it's okay. your effort. I mean, words are easy. I just throw words out there. Then it's up to you as, let's say, the professional landscaper that you are to, you know, have these things work to your advantage. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Is the snow coming today or not? No. <laughs> oh, it isn't? Okay, because I didn't get up until 8, and I didn't hear the news. No, so. they say we could have 1 to 3 inches, but I don't, you know, further south in Illinois, they could have a little bit more, but I'm not anticipating snow myself. So, okay. And All I'm right. certainly no weather expert, and I have no equipment. I'm strictly speaking from my brain and just thoughts and feelings. Well, I, I'm with you. I I thought too. It, it, when I woke up this morning and looked outside, there was no snow. I thought, oh, because I don't really care if it snows or not. You know, right? Oh, well, great. Right. Thank you, Mike. Thanks, Anita. Bye bye. And you know, let's talk about you know circumstances like weeds. Weeds are optimistic. They germinate best in thin, weak stands of lawn or areas where there's not a lot of other kinds of plant material. So, like that's why weeds. They're tough. They're durable. They can handle growing underneath, let's say, trees. And trees, yes, we worry about trees and the shade factor, which is certainly important. But underneath trees, it's the root system of the trees that are more that's most problematic to have a well-established lawn in that situation. So just realize that. And if you've got surface roots, burying the surface roots is not going to mean that you're going to have a better lawn in that circumstance or in that situation or in that spot because ultimately, it's going to percolate back down and be right back to where you you know where you are before you put the you know let's say the compost, the topsoil, or whatever you put down, so you could have some good seed you know good seed germination. So just realize there's areas where lawn doesn't grow. I mean, lawn meaning let's say fescues, bluegrasses, or zoysias, or things like that. So just realize that, and millions of weed seeds exist in soils. And most of these seeds do not germinate. They're eaten by all kinds of different things. Insects in the soil, microorganisms actually cause the weed seeds to break down on themselves. And the conditions for germination, they can be all over the place. Because you hear me talk about all ty- you know, two different kinds of weed situations. One is going to be the cool season weeds and the other one is going to be the warm season weeds. They come up at different times. They explode at different times. They flower at different times. Completely different type of circumstances. A weed infestation can also indicate that the soil where the you know where you're trying to get things to grow is not so good. So that is really another factor to consider when you get a lot of weed germination. So even if you're not let's say battling tree roots or something in that situation, maybe your soil is not all that good. So why not get a soil test done? University of Missouri Extension Service has a place in Kirkwood where you can drop off soil samples. Find out what's going on in your soil. Stop guessing because if you continue to guess, you're never really going to probably guess right. So it's just like even if you have a good successful gardens, lawn, 
perennial areas, trees, shrubs, or anything else, having an occasional test done of the soil so you can find out is just like going to the doctor yourself. Whether you're feeling good or not, you go to the doctor for a checkup. Give your soil a checkup. The amount of money and time and effort that you put into your landscape, you should be able to go to the doctor. In other words, the University of Missouri Extension Service, they'll send your your soil sample down to Columbia to the agricultural department, and they run the series of tests. Then they'll send you results back, and the results will indicate that there are everything is pretty good, but watch out for this, don't do this, do this, less of this. That's, you know, a soil test indicates all those things. It's going to make it so you can make a smarter, better decision just overall. Now, whether we get, you know, ice or snow or anything else, this time of year, deciduous trees are totally wild and crazy, but it's a good time to have an arborist come out and take a look at your deciduous trees and deadwood. Deadwood just means taking the branches out that are no longer being productive to the tree because a dead branch hanging on a tree stuck to a tree trunk or a larger branch will just make it so that branch potentially could cause problems for the branch that's attached to that's alive. So that's why having an arborist come out and inspect your trees is really important. Doing pruning on any kind of plant material, especially spring flowering ones, it's fine. You can do that, but just realize you prune spring flowering trees or shrubs, you're just going to reduce the amount of flowers that you're going to get in the springtime. So guess what? Cardinals winter warm-up is going to be coming up at 9 o'clock. So the garden hotline is over. I'm solar-powered. I can't do another hour any more today. So let the sun come out. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.